Welcome to Earth. Ready to reminisce about the hottest summer blockbusters around? Will be your wingman. What, these, um, these forced movie quotes not doing it for you? <laughs> Why so serious? From sharks to asteroids to robots to aliens and superheroes and maybe even a mixture of all of the above. We'll take your breath away. You won't want to miss a thing because we come to this place for magic. We come to this podcast to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that. That indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim. Dazzling images on a huge silver screen. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this, and stories feel perfect and powerful. Because here, they are. He's looking at you. Welcome to another episode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith, joined today by Christian Ramirez. Hey, thank you. Thanks for uh, letting me come on your podcast, buddy. I appreciate it. Of course. Glad to have you on. Uh, before we begin, go ahead and tell us about yourself. Well, uh, you know, uh, we had an episode together on my podcast, Casually Christian, which everybody yeah. should check out. <laughs> Talk yes, about people's lives, their podcast. interests, yeah. and uh, people's passion, you know, like, because your your podcast is just dedicated to film, right? Yeah. Like motion pictures. And, you know, my, my, my show is just a little bit about everything, you know, like uh, either if you're a writer, we'll talk about your career or we'll talk about special special like interests like um I'll talk about maybe stranger things for an episode you know stuff like that it's just um you know it's a it's what we do podcasting right yeah because we need you know we like we like to talk <laughs> yes uh what's your favorite movie uh like like in regards to as a because the topic is the summer blockbuster right or just like in in general like what's your favorite movie or what's your, what's your favorite summer blockbuster movie for this one then we'll go with in general in general yeah um damn that's pretty hard because like i love a lot of movies and you know like i'm very picky of the stuff that i watch because now because i'm i'm older like i don't want to waste my time watching crap you know yeah. what I, mean? I have like i like i need the word of mouth you know but just on the top of my head because it was also a summer blockbuster i do like uh the sixth sense i think that was like a really good movie and i've been wanting to recheck it out you know like it's when like you see it like on streaming service like on netflix or hulu whatever like you see it and then when you want to watch it they remove it because like yeah. the, the matrix is just messing with you you know yeah <laughs> but yeah it was just i just like like i like movies that um it's not there's not like um it's like there's not a formula to it where it's like oh he's a good guy he's gonna you know he's, he's trying to get the girl there's a villain of course he's gonna you know succeed you know what i mean uh, with Sixth Sense, I didn't know well, how it was going to end. You know, like I knew I was watching like a like a. You know, I knew it was Bruce Willis. I knew this was a movie, but still, I got so wrapped into the story and like what was going on, and then like, the reveal that he was dead. It was just like it just it was a really good twist. It was like so good. I just I got goosebumps when when everything was just put together when it, it made sense. Like those are the type of movies I love. Did you see it when it's a re initial run when it was in yeah. theaters? Saying, yeah, it was in theater. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the late 90s. That was a time. Like the fact that I was able, I watched it like a couple months after it came out in theaters. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that was back when movies you could trust two months later would probably still be would, in yeah, theaters. Yeah, still playing. Yeah. Uh, nobody told me that ending. So yeah. I went in there like not knowing what to expect. And it was like one of the most shocking twist yeah, for reals. and you know it's because we didn't grow up in social media because nope. it didn't spoil it you no know spoilers that's why like now like we get a lot of people like why are you so upset about spoilers i'm like because it was a big deal if somebody spoiled the sixth sense for you in 1999 mm -hmm. that was like that was like the worst kind of party foul absolutely that's <laughs> like i'm gonna burn you at the stake dude. yeah a pox on you <laughs> part of the fun uh, was the surprise <laughs> reals dude and like i guess another i mean like the Blair Witch, that was another summer blockbuster. That yeah. I really liked that. I saw that in, like, in the initial run in the theater. Like The, the Sixth Sense and uh, The Blair Witch, I saw those movies on my own. I didn't go with buddies. I just saw it, you know, I just bought my ticket and I went in. And uh, yeah, it was just those movies. I don't know, like recently, a recent favorite movie that I do like is uh, It Follows. Have you seen that movie? Oh, that one's good. Yeah. Like, again, it doesn't, like, I, don't, I didn't know how it was going to end. You know what I mean? It was so, like, 
original like i didn't know if it was gonna have like like you know like the main character was gonna die like i love movies where i don't know where it's gonna take me you know and like the best part of that is like even when you like pass the curse on there's always the possibility the curse could get yeah. passed right back to you like mm-hmm. it, that was mm-hmm. like such a novel and like kind of like philosophically frightening thing like it's a cautionary tale yeah <laughs> it's like be careful who you sleep sleep with is like uh yeah. even std you know <laughs> they might be cursed <laughs> yeah well what about you man like what's Ooh. your favorite movie uh mine is casablanca casablanca yeah. yeah that one um it's one of those movies that gets better every time i see it because mm-hmm. i always catch something that i didn't catch before like a line of dialogue um, I know for the 75th anniversary, this was like, I guess, 10 years ago now, I saw it in theaters with a packed audience. And like, that was just a different experience entirely, yeah. which made me love the movie more. Cause like all the little line jokes that you might miss if you're watching it by yourself, like mm-hmm. everyone else catches it. And there's this like mutual laughter going on that just kind of like makes it, makes the experience even better. Mm-hmm. Because you come as like as a collective. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, and still to this day, I could watch it. I could throw it on, and I'll just be just entranced by the whole thing. It's you know, I I have to admit, I had never seen that movie. I always like, I know, I know, right? I know for somebody who like he says he loves movies, I never, I've never seen Casablanca, and I, I do want to check it out. I don't know, like, there's no excuse for me because like I do look for movies to watch, like old school movies. I mean, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna watch it eventually. Yeah. I mean, I did watch Metropolis, that silent movie, oh, so like good. in a theater. So good. You know? Yeah, that was really good because it did like a found footage, and I went, you know, on a date with my boyfriend years ago uh, to to L.A. and um, you know we we went to dinner and then we saw the movie and it was like a silent film. They added new footage that was they found it in Brazil, and they were looking at the the film and I'm like, oh, this is the lost footage from Metropolis. You know, yeah. I'm like. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I do check out old stuff. Uh, it's just, you know, I still haven't gotten around to, like, some of the classics like that. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, like, on HBO or something. They, I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, Metropolis, that version of it is the one that I have on Blu-ray right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have that version, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you feel like, because you know, you and me, we both grew up in the same era. Do you think like the movies, like the blockbuster era, is it, does it feel different to you? Or is it, are we looking at a rose colored glasses? You know what I mean? Like, There's, oh, back in my day, you know, they're better. Because right now, like, it's all, it's all Marvel movies. You know, like yeah. Movies. And th- especially post pandemic, like it feels like uh, pickings are slim for summer yeah. movies now. Um, I, I've noticed for, cause I, when I did my mini episode, uh, the one that I just released yesterday, uh, I usually like look at the movies for the month that I'm most excited about. And I look through the list and I'm like, there's like one blockbuster here and the rest is like independent stuff that I'm sure is going to be really good, but they're not like blockbusters. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like you have this one big movie that nobody wants to compete with. Mm-hmm. I totally, I, I know what you're saying, man. Cause like, I, I'm like, the same like the sleeper hits you know yeah. it was like that was the sleeper hit of the summer you know yeah um uh, like our sleeper know, this hit this very... year uh everything everywhere all at once oh yeah i dude i still need to see that movie it's i heard great. it's fantastic so I, I know i'll love it you know i know I, once i see it, it's gonna be like a really good movie uh you know a movie that i thought i i, I spaced out for a little bit was um the lighthouse have you seen the lighthouse yeah that one's a good one i liked it that's a good one yeah it's very artsy like i didn't know it was gonna be some type of like horror movie like you know like some kind of psychological thing i i liked it it's like almost like the same thing as the shining you know because they're over you know the caretakers of the lighthouse and they kind of go and they go insane yeah <laughs> uh yeah so yeah it's a lot of good movies but um uh yeah i mean yeah <laughs> so um i've ever since like wordle came out um uh, you ever play wordle that one game that like you have to guess the word you have like five 
five chances to guess the word and like is that like where you keep compete with somebody else online and then like you you know you you spell something out and now it's their turn to write something you know spell out a word or am i thinking of something different little different it's like it's five letters and you have five chances to guess what the word is so you guess one word it's the wrong word but you have the right letters on there and it'll show you like yellow squares like you got the right letter but it's not in this spot Mm. or it's green where it's like it is the right letter in the right spot but you have to guess the word now Uh, no i never played it oh yeah (laughs) it was like it gained popularity especially like on twitter um and now there's like offshoots of it and there's like movie ones and they made one for box office oh okay and i was looking through like these box office um like the box office from like 1999 and all the different movies that are on there i'm like this would this wouldn't happen today like Mm -hmm. the movies that i saw for the 1999 one like number one was fight club Mm -hmm. and you have like um there was one that like I've seen the movie, but it's not, I didn't think it was that popular to be like top five. It was called the story of us. Oh, is that like with Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis, Michelle. Yeah. Parker. I saw that movie in the theater. Yeah. That was a Rob Reiner picture. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. was on there. And, um, American beauty was like also on it's that one of my list. favorite movies. And like, I feel like lately they're afraid of taking those chances. They're afraid of taking yeah, those risks, but they could still pay off. Yeah, like it's just unfortunate because because um, movies they're so expensive to produce and they're they're they want something that's tried and true like you know the DC or the Marvel or like some popular content and I hate like now that they're calling movies content yeah. you know what I mean no they're pictures you know that's it's a piece of art you know yeah and uh, you know I, I you know, of course like you you you're a film buff you know that Martin Scorsese has a problem with like the Marvel movies and the same with Francis Ford Coppola and you know some other stuff I've been listening to like other po- other podcasters on YouTube where they call like like these movies like uh junk cinema like it's like it's like fast food but like for for your eyeballs <laughs> yeah um for me like I think Martin Scorsese was taken out of context um uh-huh. like big time because for him he loves that guy that guy's a film buff he, he oh absolutely loves yeah. so much and he's also worried that like so much so many resources are being being put towards like content ip mm-hmm. roller coaster movies i think he used yeah. the phrase roller coaster um and not enough of it's being put into like more original content and we're gonna talk about that in today's episode too because mm-hmm. like if you think about it like the first blockbusters were original yeah and i feel like there should be more of a push for that i i I mean i i I believe that i believe too that they should push towards it but it's just yeah the the movies cost like what they're they're showing out like 200 million so it has to be like a tried and true like product so that's why they you know they they don't want to take risks anymore and i mean they should take risks because in the end like you, you create something memorable something like that speaks to like you know to generations you know yeah i mean um, what's going to be the next star wars what's going to yeah. be like yeah and, we'll get into that <laughs> yeah it's just yeah it's just it's just unfortunate like i do i mean people there's they're they love watching new stuff and but it seems like hollywood is not giving us what we want they just want they're just keeping it everything to, on the safe lane you know yeah and so far it's paying off but like how yeah. long how long can that last yeah so uh going into um going into like uh the full summer blockbuster conversation do you have a favorite blockbuster i'm gonna be i'm gonna go a little bit harder on you on this one Mm -hmm. because i know that a lot of people are gonna choose something like star wars yeah and um try maybe asking for something a little bit more off the beaten path but like still like a like a blockbuster Blockbuster, with like a name with like a name actor from the yeah it can be it can be any i just feel like the easy ones per se if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean i would i mean i remember when i was a kid i think i was in middle school i wanted to see independence day oh, I remember and that. um yeah it was just like the huge movie of the summer everybody wanted to go see it it was just like in the same with like men in black and it was funny because they're both will smith movies that that you know like the night like he, will smith he owned like that was like his decade you know what i mean yeah will smith was in the movie it's gonna make gangbusters even though they made like he made what's called wow wow west which is like a bomb Dude. remember and that came that came out like that was a summer blo- that was a, supposed to be a summer blockbuster but it was just panned critically and the audience hated it and uh yeah i just couldn't get into that movie it was like steampunk you know yeah uh but yeah like independence day and um 
Men in Black, and what else? What other summer blockbuster movie that like? He was in um, Bad Boys one and two. Yeah, and I think one. I'm pretty sure Bad Boys was a summer movie too. Uh, at least the second um, one was. I don't remember the first one that well, but I think it was as well. Uh, but yeah, it's just I mean, do you miss uh, standing in line? You know, trying to get you know, like you're you're gonna be there like an hour, two hours before the show, so you could get a good seat. Yeah, I remember. And there was another podcast I was listening to that was talking about this. Like, say you wanted to go see a movie, but opening weekend, everyone's there. The movie sells out. Mm -hmm. You can either go home or you could spill into a different movie. Yeah. So, like, the Fandango era has, like, all of the big budget blockbusters taking over most of the screens. But instead, what it should be doing is, like, okay, I didn't get to see uh, this one this week. So, I'll just go watch this smaller movie that I wouldn't have otherwise watched. Mm Mm-hmm. And that would help that movie's grosses. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. And that's how that's it used to be. But now it's like, oh, uh, everyone wants to go see Thor. Uh, let me cancel this showing over here of um, whatever new movie is up against it. And yeah. now you can go watch Thor. That happened mm. especially with um, Spider-Man. Because oh, uh, Nightmare know. Alley came out the same week. And they would be canceling show, shows of Nightmare Alley to show really? Spider-Man. It- now that seems like kind of like a legal problem, doesn't? Do they? I mean, are they getting like the theater getting like in trouble from the studio because like they're bumping their, their or is that like they're That's since it's I'm, a private business? Yeah. You know what I mean? like, well, we do what we want, you know. I'm you know, wondering this is our too because Nightmare Alley was a Fox release, which means it's yeah. also a Disney release. So I'm wondering if it, like the studio itself gave the okay, yeah, to do that because they might have. Yeah, because they're, they're that's, I mean, they're going to, some executives were going to be like, what guess. do you mean they pushed our movie? You yeah. know, it's like, you know, I'm going to make some phone calls. You know? when, I, <laughs> when I used to work at the movies, though, we would only do that if nobody bought tickets for the movie. But now, Which, like, what I'm hearing is happening is people would buy tickets for that movie, and then their show would get canceled because instead they're going to play Spider-Man in that screen. And they'd have, you ever, have you ever watched a movie where it was so terrible you were the only one, the only one in the theater? I've been the only one in the theater before, but it not not necessarily terrible movie. Just I went oh. on a slow day. <laughs> I got you, man. I I've been to. I saw Freddie got fingered in the movie theater. Remember, <laughs> I was the only one there with my cousin and his friend, and they were they were, we were pot smokers. And you know what they did? They rolled up a joint in the in the AMC movie theater and they smoked it in the theater. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? I mean, you know, if 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 you're gonna do it for any movie. <laughs> <laughs> it might make it more enjoyable. Nobody was there. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is, and it was like, it wasn't a small theater. It was the big, the big theater. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just, uh, that's one other movie that I saw. Like, no, I think that was probably the only movie where like nobody was there because the movie was so terrible. <laughs> uh, you've mentioned Independence Day earlier. I remember when that came out, the theater in Norwalk, the Norwalk AMC 20 had just opened at that point. Yeah. That was like the first stadium seating theater, like mm-hmm. in the area. Yeah. And I remember what a big deal that was. And we went to go see Independence Day there. And oh my huge. gosh, like the screen was bigger, the surround sound. I'm sure by today's standards, it's like not that great. But like 96, we'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah, it's just something incredible. Like when I was, you know, again, reminiscing, uh, just watching like movies like. Uh, either in and out or Space Jam or Liar Liar, and the whole thing it was a state, the stadium seating, and it was just packed. There was no seats. Everybody was just there, like a baseball game. We were just all watching, you know, that that movie. And uh, I mean, it still gets packed like that too. But um, it's just because everything is just now like all like you're, you you choose your seats. So there's not somebody walks in. I'm like, where the hell am I gonna sit? You know? It's yeah. like, Well, you fucked up. <laughs> there's a convenience to that which i kind of like but there's also like the idea and i get that i could be disappointed if i came to see a movie specifically and it got sold oh, yeah. out and i can't yeah but there was also this idea that like smaller movies could get helped out by that too mm-hmm. uh lately to get around that movies are like everything everywhere all at once that one kind of picked up steam because it went roadshow style where it would be like released certain theaters and just kind of yeah. like let word of mouth bring up its popularity so like that that helped it out, huh? Yeah. So there there are ways around it. Uh, I just yeah there there's a little bit of um, in some ways it's better, in some ways it's not. Yeah, it's kind of like a fifty fifty because like there are some days where like I remember this is sort of recent, not really, but uh, when Spider Man three came out 
and I, I was just running late. I was just completely running late and I didn't end up getting good seats. And we were sitting all the way in the front and we couldn't do it. So we ended up leaving and just, we got a refund and we re- redid it like the following week. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, I, I get it. Cause like, I mean, imagine like, I didn't have to rush. I didn't have to worry about getting the perfect seat. Cause I already had my seat number. I just show up and sit on B12, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, it's a give or take, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so this was, uh, this one's a little difficult, but I thought, um, I thought I could, um, look into like a specific summer season so for me when i worked at the movies 2007 comes to mind for me mm-hmm. like that was the summer you mentioned spider-man 3 that was the first that was a movie that kicked off that summer mm-hmm. i know that one kind of gets a bad reputation now but i feel like time was good to it i i don't know i checked <laughs> it out during the pandemic i'm like this is still not good <laughs> I, I liked it i liked it um, but to me, that kicked off a really strong summer for the movies. Like, that was the summer the first Transformers movie came out, and I remember being blown away by that one. Was it wasn't it in 2008 when Transformers came out? Or was it 2007? It was seven, yeah. Oh, okay. It was that same year. Um, Transformers happened that year. The third Pirates movie came out. And I did a recent rewatch of that series, and I kind of realized the third one may actually be my favorite one. Oh, which one? For Pirates. Pirates oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, that one happened. Ratatouille was that year. Yeah. Like, it was a really good summer. The Bourne Ultimatum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. the best Jason Bourne movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I thought, but 2008. 2008 had The Dark Knight. Yes, you know, it's so funny. I was gonna say my favorite season was 2008 because we saw the I saw The Dark Knight. Uh, Iron Man came out, the first Iron Man. And some other movies came out that, you know, like, there was just, like, a slew of, like, it's like, wow, is it 2000? And it was rocking, you know? And, and they were, like, not like, like not not only popular movies, but they were really well-done movies, you know? They yeah. were great, you know? Um, but, yeah, 2008 was a really good movie movie year, uh, movie summer year. Uh, because, I, you know, I just, I, during that year, I broke up with my ex, and I was just finding my independence, and I was watching these great movies, and, you know, it was, it was just a good, it was just a good year for me. Yeah, yeah. 2008 was, like, also really good. Uh, 2003 was the summer I hired into the movies. There were lots of good movies coming out then. And I realized, like, uh, until relatively recently, every summer kind of, like, delivered on, like, good blockbusters. Um, And that wasn't that long ago. Well, I mean, it kind of was. It was, like, 15 years. But, you know, that's still not that long ago. And even yeah, then, not like, like the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> In the 90s, I'm like, yeah, no, that was yesterday, right? Like, no, it's 30 years. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> so would you say 2008 was your favorite? Uh, yeah, 2008, because I'm, I'm checking it out because there were some other movies that I saw in 2008. I know The Incredible um, Hulk also came as, out that year. Yeah, Jones. and Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder was, was fun. Yeah, and, oh, here's, well, did you like The Happening? Because I remember watching that in 2008. I didn't like it. I thought that was pretty dumb. I need to dumb. rewatch it because uh, I feel like that one is gaining popularity with the um, maybe kind of sort of bad movie enthusiasts. And yeah. I'm one of those. So, so like, you, and I mean, like, I guess, like, it's so bad that it's good. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And looking back, I kind of see it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was almost intentionally made that way. Because the the performances given by, like, Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel, like, these are really good actors, but they were kind of, like, playing it, like, not good. And I feel like that was intentional. Like camp? Or just kind of, like, corny? or Yeah, I think they were going for, like, B-movie vibes. B-movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which B-movie? Another 2007. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, did you hear about how that movie came to be? I don't yeah, know, but, like, that's sort weird. of... Or like Spielberg was having a lunch with somebody, like a writer or something, and it's like they were just kind of shooting the shit, like just. It's like you know, it would be funny like, if we make a B movie called, you know, about bees, and Spielberg's are like, "That's a movie." <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, it worked. <laughs> so See, speaking um, of Spielberg, uh, he's sort of credited with inventing the summer blockbuster. Yeah, the movie Jaws back in 1975. Uh, the first movie to be shot on the ocean, because usually they would go with a soundstage, um, that caused problems because the mechanical shark that they built for the movie 
which worked great in fresh water, not so great in salt water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, went way over budget, couldn't keep up with the ske- schedule. Uh, so it was like in danger of being a disaster. Yeah, like I, I mean, I heard about the story too, but like, you know, it helped, it helped them out. Uh, to be more to be a better storyteller as like you don't see the shark you like he used the instrumentals to signify like his theme song like da da yeah. da you know like he was all the camera movement it's more scary to not, not see the creature and you know i actually heard that uh nope it's kind of like a little bit of jaws and a little bit of a uh, close encounters of the third kind yes yeah, so uh, i haven't i have not seen the movie so if you have please don't spoil it because i'm gonna yeah. see it tomorrow <laughs> yeah i still need to see that one too uh what that brought up is the idea that less is more so like the mechanical shark not working cool it might have looked fake uh yeah in fact the whole back to the future joke where the it still looks fake yeah <laughs> um but just not seeing the shark made it more effective the mm-hmm. the musical arrangement that, that sort of embodied the shark became so iconic mm-hmm. and sort of like made john williams a star too absolutely um huge success um it's it made studios realize hey teenagers go to the movies mm-hmm. if we make movies for them they will show up and we'll make a ton of money <laughs> and spielberg was like right at the front of that so he like made movies like et the indiana mm-hmm. jones movies war of the worlds jurassic park oh yeah like he, he he's the he's the guy to make the blockbuster you know yeah and even he produced, like, he would let his friends come in and, like, other filmmakers who he respected, he would produce movies for them. So, like, Back to the Future would become one of those. The Goonies. Uh, he also produced the Transformers series. Yeah. And, like, Gremlins, too. Gremlins, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's gnarly. It's just, like, it's it's just so trippy to think about one man, he created this pop culture that I grew up with. You know what yeah. I mean? Not entirely, but he has a pretty big chunk of it as in like Tiny Toons Adventures, Animaniacs. Yeah, um, so much yeah, of our childhood is that like that guy's stuff. Yeah, I was like, it's trippy. And he's like, I really admire that, like that he stuck with his, his you know, his imagination. Like he's he makes a living off his daydreams. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's every filmmaker's dream to, you know, to do. And he's still working, still going strong. Yeah. Just and actually, like I saw recently uh, on you know Facebook that he shot a music video just on the iPhone. And it yeah. was on the black and white. Did you see that? I haven't seen the video yet, but I've seen the article. Yeah, I did check it out. I just wanted to see, well, what is this, you know, this auteur? <laughs> it's like, what is he going to do with the phone? But it was like, he was like, uh, like, it was in black and white. And he's like, he's going in and out. And like, he, he presses like the buttons, like where the, you know, like get, where the, uh, the lens goes closer and then backwards, you know, so it's kind of like a little raw, but I think that he gets on a dolly, like a, like a dolly chair and they push him back and they pull him back in towards the, the musician playing the guitar and he gets all like, it's just all in one take, you know? Yeah. It's very, very, yeah. I'm like, this girl's like, yeah, he's Spielberg. So <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that's his first because like getting like an established filmmaker to do music videos, that's stuff that's been going on since like the eighties, like yeah. Michael Jackson, uh used to do that yeah like with uh john landis and martin scorsese you know yeah 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 those are you know (laughs) and a lot of course the opposite's true like major music video directors would go on and become like major film directors Mm -hmm. like spike uh jones right spike jones yeah um he produced the transformer series which uh kind of brings me to my next my next uh thing that i wanted to talk about which i like to call bayhem what's what's that director michael bay oh bay okay yeah uh yeah he's um he also kind of like rules the summer blockbuster Mm. in a different way than spielberg he brought us the bad boys movies one and two he didn't do three but he did one and two uh armageddon the rock uh Mm -hmm. he just recently did ambulance and ambulance actually got good reviews and was pretty good yeah, I heard that was a really good movie, Ambulance. Yeah, yeah. I want to check that out. I mean, like, he he's like, he knows how to, he, he he's a competent director. He's just like, because he's such like testosterone. There's not, I don't feel like he has like, it can't be like also like a touchy feeling. You know what I mean? Like, just like <laughs> the emotional is not really there. You know what I mean? But like, it's like the explosions and the like the action is like fucking good. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, the closest thing where, like, something emotional is probably, like, an Armageddon. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> the, when she's talking to him on the screens and she puts yeah. her hand on the screen when he's, yeah. like, 
yeah, uh-huh. that one's cool. Uh, Pearl Harbor, Harbor, he tries that as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, he wanted I... that to be his Titanic. <laughs> I was, that movie was, like, three hours long, no? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know, I think I only saw, like, portions of that movie, and I kind of, like, checked out. I wasn't, like, I didn't feel it too much. I, I saw that one in theaters. I remember enjoying it. I haven't seen it since, though, so I don't know if I would still, but at the time, yeah. I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, he's a very interesting director, because there's a whole lot of stuff going on in his movies. A whole lot of stuff. Like, there's, like, an edit a second, like... And, of course, he likes to blow everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, but where he kind of got his start was in commercials. And he made what might be one of my favorite commercials. It's, um, I don't know if you remember. Well, you probably remember back in the 90s, Got Milk, that yeah. campaign. He did the Aaron Burr commercial. Which, who's Aaron Burr? The guy who shot Alexander Hamilton. Oh, okay. Where the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy's like listening for the radio. He's like about to win a million dollars for knowing yeah. the million dollar question, but he can't say it because his mouth is full of cake and he doesn't have that. milk. Yeah. Oh, the what's great about that commercial, and I was thinking about it, I'm like, there's a full three act structure in like a one minute commercial. Mm-hmm. We get a sense of who this guy is because you see like his collection of like memorabilia from that duel. Uh, you see that he's looking at the phone because the phone is about to ring and he knows he's going to like get this question. And it's funny because, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And yeah, no, it's a very well-made commercial. And I'm like, there's a full three act structure in here. This guy knows how to tell a story. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, I mean, like, again, like he knows how to make a movie, you know, (laughs) I was just like, he's just so kind of like, he just throws the actors like they say, like the rumors were like, he like he. Like his production's unsafe because you really guess, you know, he, like I just Shia LaBeouf felt like the heat of an explosion. He was like really close to him or something. Like he's just like he's not so safe. Like he does, he puts his his actors in danger. Is what I'm saying. You know? Yeah, he's um, yeah. There's um, lots of talk about like maybe he's not. He's kind of tyrannical in the way he makes his yeah. movies. Is what has been said. I know that Megan Fox ended up not doing any Transformers movies after the second one mm-hmm. uh, because she because did, of Michael Bay. Yeah. She did speak out about that. Um, and there's like some weirdness in his movies where I'm just like, <laughs> it's kind of problematic, but A uh... bit, yeah. Like, especially with that fourth Transformers movie where he's basically like, he brings up the Romeo and Juliet laws and I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's a really touchy subject to bring up in a movie. Maybe don't do it. <laughs> Also, that wasn't, that wasn't, um, anyway, moving on, (laughs) (laughs) trying to keep it positive. Um, but yeah, like these are usually really exciting movies. I remember watching Armageddon and being like, whoa, this is cool. Yeah. And And at the same time, I'm sorry, like, but at the same time, they, the deep impact came out that year too. It was like a summer blockbuster too. Yeah. That, that happens a lot. There's been a lot of like similar movies coming out at around the same time. Yeah, and is that like I don't know? Is that intentional, or is that just like, or like you know, the one studio's like, well, they're making an asteroid movie. Well, we should make our own asteroid movie too. Or is it like, oh, we just it just so happens that we just we're making the same project. I think it's the first one, but I also feel like if you look at the case of like Disney and DreamWorks, how you have Ants and a Bug's Life, you have uh, yeah. Shark Tale and Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. and it's like, it feel I don't know, how come? How is this happening? <laughs> Yeah, it's like they, it's just like studios. it's just like an ego thing, right? So like, we'll make our own fish movie, you know. But then, like, also it's happening like in an independent movies. Like uh, back in two thousand five, you had Capote with Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. and then there was another movie about the same subject called Infamous. Yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, maybe sometimes it's like it's incidental. I feel like not all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just um, because like. In the end, like there's so many stories, and like with like I know there was like a year, like a year where there, there was two Robin Hoods that came out as well. Uh, maybe it's just maybe it's just like a little bit of both, where like it's you know studios fighting with each other, competing, and it's also like just like oh we just I didn't know that somebody else was gonna make a Titanic movie. It's like a you know it's an open property, you know. We have two Pinocchio movies coming out this year. Oh, that's right, and I, I want to I want to see both of them. Yeah, you they know? both look interesting. <laughs> yeah, one's Disney, which is you know the remake, and the other one, the Guillermo del Toro, is going to be like on Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. So. Yeah. 
yeah i'm pretty sure but i mean i love i love pinocchio like i love that story because i'm into puppetry <laughs> like oh, i'm a yeah. nerd you know i like ventriloquism and stuff like that and I, well, that was one of my first disney movies that i ever saw was uh, pinocchio and i like fell in love with it same i can't tell you which one was the first but that was definitely one of them yeah and i think was it is it true um that pinocchio was the first vhs available and that's why like it was so like there in the 80s it might it was, have like, been yeah I know or was it something while, else? I don't know, but I know, I know it was like one of the not first doing VHS like at all. Uh, they were doing the re-releases, mm -hmm. and I remember Pinocchio was one of the re-releases, if not the last one. Yeah, because I think '93. Because I remember they were doing that. They did it for Snow White. They did it for, and then yeah, they did, did the vault thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And now they don't do that anymore. They're like, oh, you know what? We just have the VHS. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, what's your what Pinocchio version are you most most excited to watch? Probably, probably Guillermo del Toro, mm -hmm. just because he's a very interesting filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, the Disney live action remakes, some of them are good, and some of them, some of them are good. Um, <laughs> what was your least favorite uh, live action movie from Disney? I'm gonna probably go with. I don't even know if it counts as live action because it was all CG, but The Lion mm. King. I agree. I knew you were going to say The Lion King. It just didn't. It didn't hit. You know, it's just like it was an it interesting just, experiment. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Disney shelled out the money for it, so might as well, you know, yeah. job, you know. <laughs> looked great. It looked phenomenal, but like as storytelling and just the way the characters and the voice acting didn't mesh together. So do you think that the film didn't have heart? It did kind of feel that way a little bit. Like mm. you kind of needed to connect with the animals more than what the movie, the parameters of the movie would allow. Yeah. So like in the animated version, you could see like emotions in their faces. Yeah. In the live action one, you just see lions. Oh, uh, this isn't a summer blockbuster movie, but did you watch the Chippendales movie? Yes, I love that one. Yeah, that was pretty cute. Yeah, yeah it was like was dry fun. humor. And, you know, like it, it worked, you know, I, I enjoyed it, you know? Yeah. I, I heard that what they tried to, what they did, uh, they succeeded with uh, what Space Jam wanted to do with all their intellectual properties. And I didn't watch Space Jam too, but I heard that they were just throwing every uh, WB, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, okay. characters that they owned. Even like stuff that didn't make sense, like a Clockwork Orange showed up in there. Like <laughs> I know, I saw that too. I saw that clip. I'm like, this is a kids movie. Why yeah. is this? You know, yeah. They just threw all of their IP at that movie. <laughs> but I, I mean, going back to Chippendales, it was like it was really good. I, I liked it. I like, I like how they started off as like as a writing group. You know what I mean? And then they did like the goofy little squeaky voices, and they like start laughing about it. Like, yeah, you know, like it was very cute. I thought I liked it. You know? Yeah. And I like how they went with like a whole Roger Rabbit type of feel to it too. You know? Very meta. And I'm still like, oh my gosh, like that entire budget had to have gone into getting the rights for these non-disney characters yeah i was surprised that, i mean you know it's already been out for a while so i'm gonna give spoilers like yeah. one of the characters from south park is there you yeah. know randy barnish and beavis and butthead just like the little you know the that was they're like posters on the side i'm like i was so tr i was tripping out just by like all the little i guess easter eggs you know Ugly that i wasn't Sonic. expecting to see yeah ugly sonic was a major character in the movie yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, for real, dude. And uh, I, I'm for some reason I, I want to check it out again. You know, yeah. I just want to see it. Uh, I guess it's just like the kid in me. I guess. Yeah, yeah, of course. And another major thing, and especially now, we get a lot of franchises coming mm -hmm. out. But that was always the case, though. I mean, Jaws itself formed has became a franchise. Three yeah. sequels. Um, uh, Jurassic Park. Ah, sorry, Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. uh, just had its final question mark Sequel? yeah final quote unquote <laughs> uh just released this summer uh you have um star wars which is still going strong maybe a little bit more with tv or mm -hmm. streaming but still happening and movies are still going to be coming out for that these mm -hmm. days we're getting a lot of marvel uh dc the fast and the furious is a huge mm -hmm. summer staple pirates of the caribbean yeah. um so with franchises what do you, what do you think uh, my favorite like summer franchise sure i would yeah. say uh i would say batman batman yeah a good one yeah uh, it's just something about 
just that character and just that storyline you know what i mean like and like the fact that they still haven't really tapped to the world of batman you know that we still i would love to see like a batman and beyond movie or like a movie yeah. with like a, a cool like uh mr freeze or clay Clayface, you know um it's just like the that universe is like endless you know i just and like it just feels so i, I just i, I guess like because he's a billionaire you know what i mean so it's possible yeah <laughs> I feel like with this new series, and I, I know this last one came out in March, so not technically summer blockbuster, yeah. but um, I feel like there's a lot of potential for that here. Yeah. Because we, we saw them already do the heavy prosthetics for The Penguin mm -hmm. with Colin Farrell, yeah. and that does not look like Colin Farrell at all. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. But I feel yeah. like they could go with that. They It's dark, but they can also play with like the more fantastical elements of Gotham. I, I, I agree too. I think Matt, Matt Reeves did a great job with this movie. Like, yeah, it was three hours, man. I, I, I liked it. I liked, I liked it. I, I love like the way the style of it, like what you said, is like the more fantastical parts of Batman. And like, I don't know. It's just, I, I really, I really, I dig it. And I guess even like, I, I liked a little bit of uh, Zack Snyder's Batman too. That was Perfect. different, you know, it's, you know, Especially with his, when you get to see his version of it, like his oh, director's yeah. cuts, those are like the good versions. Yeah. Um, when you, uh, even going back, because I remember watching the first couple Batman movies, in the, actually all of the original, the four, mm. first four in theaters, and I loved those too. And I, I know that there was a while where I'm just like, nah, three and four were bad, but I remember like being a kid and loving those movies, so. Yeah, I mean, like, I wa I think I, you know, now that you mentioned it, I think I've seen every Batman movie that that came out in the movie theater. Even like the the first Batman movie, as with like um, the Tim Burton Batman, not not the '60s version, you no, know, because there was a battles. '60s Batman. <laughs> uh, that's the only because I wasn't alive yet. Yeah. Uh, but I saw. I remember watching it. I was just, I was a small kid. I was in kindergarten. No priest. No kindergarten. Yeah. I saw Batman in the drive-in theater. My dad took me to watch Batman and, you know, I, that's the first time I saw the Joker and, you know, it was like a dark version of a, a Batman and it just influenced the whole pop culture of the 90s. And, um, yeah, I even watched the crappy one or like the Batman and Robin. I know you like that movie. I, that. I know you I know you like it, but I, I, you know, I still don't, I can't get into it. But <laughs> I understand like what he was trying to do, Joel Schumacher. He's yeah. trying to like, camp it up, be kind of be like the 60s uh, Batman. But uh, yeah, every every Batman that has come out since, I, I watched it in a theater. Yeah, the Nolan ones. The Nolan ones kind of like changed the game. Like they were like, yeah. okay, we've seen the comic book. Let's see like cinema, but yeah. like in a comic book context. And he did a great job with those. Um, the Dark Knight to me, I think, is like the pinnacle mm -hmm. of like what a, what a comic book movie can be. Uh, I think the Batman is really close to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And what I well, what do you think? What do you think about the Dark Knight Rises? Do it you was like that movie? good, and I feel like he did the best he could given the situation that he was in. Which is what? Uh, unfortunately, with Heath Ledger not yeah. being able to return, uh, I'm sure that was the plan for Part Three was to have the Joker come back. Damn, and I would love to hear him talk about like what, what would happen if Heath Ledger was still alive. What was you know what was going to be? Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing something about there was an interview where someone asked him about that and his his response like before the movie was written his response was like I don't know. Um yeah. <laughs> he's um, like you have to talk to my brother. Yeah. He's, a, he's a screenwriter. <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah, it was a little bit messy, but it was still a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And just given the the circumstances behind the making of that movie, I feel like he did the best he could. I agree. I I met some few people who when they when they saw the Dark Knight Rises, uh, they felt the way people saw the Last Jedi. They just hated it, you know. Uh, yeah, it's like this isn't Batman. This isn't like whoa. It's 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 what we have, man. <laughs> yeah, it's what he was able to do. Like you yeah. can't. Yeah, it was either that or recast the Joker, which yeah. I guess no one would have forgiven him for that either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yes, tough situation. Yeah, even though the Joker has since been recast, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix recently winning an Oscar, the second person to win an Oscar for playing the Joker. That's so nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like one person can do it, but I feel like at the time we it didn't feel right to recast him. Yeah, it would have been disrespectful, and I agree. Yeah. Like, cause like he did such a like 
spectacular job as the Joker. Like I remember the first time seeing him like in the theater and it just, it was just, he was just captivating. You know, it's like, wow, this is the fucking Joker. I don't see Heath Ledger. I'm like, this is like, this is top notch. You know, yeah. and you know, the whole, like, you know, Harvey Dent was there, but I didn't know they were going to do the, do the whole Two-Face thing because it wasn't revealed in the trailer. Yeah. I thought it was just a Joker movie. It was just, it was a rock. It was a great, it was a great movie. The Dark Knight was a great movie. It was one of those movies that at the very end of it, I just kind of like left breathless. Yeah, I agree, man. Not too many, not too many movies like leave you like that. And it's always like, because like, did you like the uh, Batman Returns? Oh yeah, like, of course. Yeah. I saw so that. Do you, do you feel like uh, that's Tim Burton's Dark Knight? Um, it's hard to say because I also really like the first Batman. Yeah. Uh, the second one, if I'm gonna give it the edge, it's because of Catwoman. Mm. Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is Super like cool. iconic. Yeah, I mean, I like the Penguin in that movie too. I thought Danny DeVito yeah. did a great job, you know. And yeah, it's campy. It's. <laughs> I mean, I. But it's that was one of, one of one of my favorite movies too, man. Dark, yeah. uh, Batman Returns. What I do love about the new one is that it feels like a marriage between the previous series, uh, the Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher series, as mm. well as Christopher Nolan and blended together. Yeah. Where it's like, it's the right balance between the two. I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, and it also feels like it was directed by David Fincher too. <laughs> with the comics, like the actual yeah. comics, the big de- detective elements of Batman. Yeah. Cause again, I'm like, I'm like looking at the prosthetics on Colin Farrell. And I'm like, so, it was a little bit. It's supposed to take itself seriously, but also there, there's a little bit of like the over over the top comic aesthetic there. Mm, I see it. Yeah, reminded me of Dick Tracy with the heavy prosthetics on that movie too. <laughs> was uh, Dick Tracy a summer movie? It might have been. I'll need to look that up, but I would not be surprised. Because that was a huge movie back then. I remember that one. Like yeah. all these na- like n- named act like. Serious actors like Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino. Uh, what's the, the what's Dick Tracy's like the actor oh, who played Warren Dick Beatty? Tracy? Yeah, Warren Beatty. Yeah, these are all like great actors. It you was know? a summer movie. It was released in June, so yeah, it was a summer wow. blockbuster from that year. Yeah, it was huge. I remember watching the movie and I thought, it was, "Oh, Madonna's in that movie yeah, too." Yeah, Madonna. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah. I didn't I didn't see that movie in the movie theater, but I saw it when it came out on VHS, and yeah. it's just like, I just yeah, I just I remember watching that movie all the time when I was a kid. I know they do a lot of family films as well during mm-hmm. summer blockbusters. I know Pixar, it's like one of the big times of year for Pixar. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year they did Lightyear, but this is also the time of year where, uh, excuse me, where we saw Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. uh, Wally, Ratatouille, as I mentioned before. Um, I feel like, you know, if teenagers are going to be coming to the movies during the summer, families are also going to be coming to the movies. And it's like a great time to release family movies dreamworks will also do it like a no go for it man go for it the shrek movies also summer blockbusters uh i don't know if this was a summer blockbuster but this was like a uh like a animated movie it's called the the mitchells versus the robots or the machines machines. yeah that one great movie i loved it i saw that because it's on it's on netflix i didn't know what it was i didn't know anything about it other than it was just an animated movie and i watched them this is a really good movie I feel like if it weren't for the pandemic, it would have been a summer blockbuster. Yeah. Because uh, I think that was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was direct to Netflix. I don't know. I I think, no, I think it did the, sh- uh, you know, I don't know. I do feel like it was released in the movie theater, but it didn't do gangbusters because probably because of the pandemic. Uh, but um, yeah, it's streaming right now. And I, I, again, I mean, I didn't know anything about it. And I like, I like the way everything was just set up when they were like the, I like, I know when a good movie is going to be good when they start setting things up. And I was like, they're going to show that in, in the third act. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it, it's a fantastic movie. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have been upset if it won like uh, the best animated feature Oscar that year. Uh, it did not, but yeah. I wouldn't have been mad. I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think Phil Lord and Chris Miller were producers on that. Yeah. So the team behind like the Lego movie and mm. with a chance of meatballs. Yeah. And there, and also uh, uh, Spider-Man um, into the Spider-Verse. That was one, that's one of my favorite movies too, man. I saw that movie. I, I was blown away. Oh my, this is a really well-written story. <laughs> this yeah, is really good. Was, yeah. That one was more of a fall blockbuster, winter holiday release, which the yeah, holidays I are that. also really good for blockbusters as well. 
Yeah, they were. They took a long time to make that movie. I think it was like four or five years making that movie. Yeah, I think so. But they won an Academy Award for Best Animated Movie, and rightfully so, man. Like they they deserved it. And the sequel's taking some time as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. So usually I do a Q and A segment, but um, I didn't get any questions this week. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what's um. What's a, a movie, a summer movie that um, that you had high expectations that let you down? Oh, that let me down. Oh, oh yeah. Um, it's like, oh man. So was... this is kind of a cheat because I ended up. Time has been good to this movie as well, and I ended up lo- loving it again. Huh. Uh, it went from like I hate this to I like this ironically to oh I love this movie. I'm gonna watch it every Halloween. Van Helsing. Van Helsing, yeah. That's that's a fun movie. <laughs> Van Helsing, I could do a full reappraisal episode on Van Helsing because I had, like, really high hopes for that. I loved the Mummy movies, and it was mm-hmm. Stephen Summers coming back to do this. And it was, like, him, like, showing... And they did this whole featurette that they would show before the movies, like, a couple months before the actual release. And it was, like, getting me hyped up because, like, oh, we love these movies. There's going to be a ton of references yeah. to, like, these 30s monster movies. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the movie, and I'm like, that's it? Mm. This, is like a, this is like watching somebody else play a video game. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. And I was kind of upset, because I'm like, I really wanted to like this movie a lot more. But then, like, over time, I would watch it again, and, and I'd be like, this is weirdly fun. Mm-hmm. It's a popcorn movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now I'm like, okay, every Halloween I'm going to watch this movie, because I love this movie, and I don't care. That's that's cool, man. Like, it's, like there are movies where it grows on you. Yeah. You know, and music was like, nah. And you watch it, it's like, oh, it's not too bad. And you watch it, it's like, this is actually pretty good. You know, there are movies that are like that. You know, they just grow on you. That happens to me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you go into the movies like a little bit too critical of the movie, or do you go there just like, okay, I'm ready to suspend my disbelief, just like a yeah. little bit of both. I think if I'm expecting. Because, again, I think part of the issue with Van Helsing was it was hyped up so much for me. Mm-hmm. And that hype kind of worked against the movie when I finally went to go see it. Yeah. And I've been looking forward to it, like, for a year. Because I remember seeing the promotional poster for it with Hugh Jackman yeah. with that awesome-looking costume. Yeah. And then the movie was like, oh, that was kind of a letdown. But now I'm like... I love it. When did that movie come out? Like, I can't pinpoint it in my memory. Oh my, because I remember I saw that movie in the theater too. Two thousand. I don't remember what. Two thousand four was the year that came. That out. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I guess one movie for me. I don't know if it was a summer blockbuster, but just off the top of my head, I saw. I remember wanting, like, just waiting to see this movie because I loved the book. I thought the book was fantastic. I'm like, it was like a name director, and you know Anthony Hopkins. I was uh, Hannibal. Hannibal let me down when I watched the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, really Scott directed it, and it was like, you know, uh, Hannibal, uh, Anthony Hopkins in it. And uh, I thought, I mean, what could go wrong? And it was okay. It was all right. Um, The book was way better. I thought, I don't know, man. I I hope they they remake that movie because, like, there's just, like, it could have been so much better. I have not seen that movie all the way through. I feel like... Because it was marketed as the sequel to The Silence of the Lambs, yeah. which it was. Um, Jodie Foster did not come back for it. Mm-hmm. And Jodie Foster was part of what made yeah, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, she's Sterling. She's the the main character. Yeah. Um, Julianne Moore did the best she could. Mm. But I feel like she's trying to recreate a character that Jodie Foster already made. Yeah, she made it. Those Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster made those characters iconic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like when I think of Claire Starling, I don't think of like, well, what's her name? Julianne uh, Moore. Yeah, I don't think about her. And I she's think great. about I Jodie love Foster. Julianne Moore. Like, yeah, uh, I was so happy for her when she won her Oscar for um, Still Alice. Like, she she's amazing. I do feel she probably, it's not even just her. It's just that it wasn't Jodie Foster. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree because she is a great actress because she did a really good job uh, nailing the Carrie mother. Uh, did you watch the sequel? Yes, to, uh, yes, not the I sequel, but the remake to Carrie. Yeah, she nailed that part. Oh, she like, can go her, ham, and I yeah. love it. Yeah, like, she's the best you know, at going ham. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it was just um, it was okay. I wish, I mean, again, I wish they they could remake it, or you know, what I would do, I would make that into an animated movie, man, like anime. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that would be I think cool. that that would be so sick. <laughs> yeah, I heard the series was really good. I haven't seen it though. 
Uh, oh yeah, I haven't seen it either. My friend Art, he he lo he loves that show. He's been telling me to watch it. But uh, yeah, yeah, like I mean, yeah, Silence of the Lambs. I mean, like if nobody's ever seen that movie and they're young, they're gonna love it because that movie's so good. Well, I remember I, you the know, first Al time I watched it, and I'm like, like Alec, like my my boyfriend, like Alex, he's like 26. He's never seen that movie, and we watched it like during the pandemic. He's like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. It's yeah, it just scratches like the right itch. Uh, yeah. Anthony Hopkins is terrifying in it. Mm -hmm. And let's see. And he's not okay, even what the main bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is like the most satisfying, like most exciting summer blockbuster experience? Man, you know what? I that's a good question, and I really hate that I was really young to not see this movie in the theater. But it was a summer blockbuster. But when I watched it in you know VHS, it like it, it was so satisfying. I was so engaged, even though it was in the small screen. It was Terminator Two: Judgment Day. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's just everything about it. It's just it was so good. Like the special effects from the, you know at the time, like the story, like you fell in love with like the Terminator when he was going down and like in the lava. You know, it was just so good. It was great. Was so much fun. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, what was it? I remember being a kid and watching this movie, and like I was like six. The movie's rated R. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was it was a weird time, the eighties and nineties, where you have these movies that are made for adults but are marketed towards kids, because there were action figures. There were yeah. like. <laughs> a full toy line robocop was the other one there were actually oh, robocop, robocop that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, terminator 2 i remember that like because hasta la vista baby was like something that mm -hmm. every kid was saying at the time yeah yeah i'll be back you yeah know? I'll be it was back. just like such a fun movie is like it was like true form to a summer blockbuster and i mean just like everything about it just kicked ass you know yeah and i can still watch that movie like that's one of the movies where you just pop it in you know visually it still looks good too and yeah, yeah it was a bit of a cheat to just use the goo because yeah. like, <laughs> although you could really perfect back in 91. uh but you know the, the i mean everybody was waiting for the third one and it completely let everybody down and that's you know okay. I yeah it. it's okay it's okay because everybody had like again it's like like the sequels are always good like the second ones but when they do the you know the third ones always lets people like the same goes true with like the godfather series the second one was the good one uh the dark knight you know just the dark knight you know that was a good one and what else oh i guess like terminator 2 terminator that was a good two. one you know uh, yeah what i would say though um with the godfather in particular um if you watch coda mm -hmm. which is like the recent uh recut of the movie that one's really good Oh, it's called Coda? Yeah, like, The Godfather uh, Coda. It's a recut of The Godfather Part 3, and that one is oh, like widely okay. hailed as like the good version of that movie. Well, I'll check that out, man. I'll, I'll see if I could uh, find it, because I've been, I've been researching, not researching, I've just been watching a lot of videos of Francis Ford Coppola, and that guy just is like a complete film maverick. Like, yeah. he went to the jungles to shoot Apocalypse Now on his dime. I need it to was see... there for like over 200 days, and it was just like... He was just facing hell. He was like, I can't believe this guy did it, you know? Oh, he almost died making it. Yeah. <laughs> Hearts of Darkness is the documentary. I still mm -hmm. need to see that one. You check it out, man. I think yeah. you'll, I know you'll love it. It's something you need to check out. Yeah, that one's, yeah, that's interesting for me. The exciting, because I didn't want to stick with the movies. I, I mentioned like my experience with Independence Day where you're like sitting in this big because that was my first time sitting in a big stadium seating theater, bigger screen, surround sound. Uh, I remember they were touting it with Sony Dynamic Digital Sound, which <laughs> isn't a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was such a huge deal when like they split up, the alien splits open yeah. when they're doing that, and everyone's just like jumping. Yeah, it was like horror and well, obviously sci-fi, but it was a uh, yeah, it had a little bit of everything. Like even like it was like it wasn't really true cgi it was like animatronics you know yeah so the world was believable you know i think uh i think if you have the animatronics and you put cgi together it does great and i think cgi is kind of just you know taking over everything yeah it doesn't make doesn't make it look too convincing but if i can change and you can change everybody can change so this week for our reappraisal uh Christian wanted to look at a movie that didn't necessarily get bad reviews or was poorly received. In fact, uh, it's a generally well-regarded film, but with his experience trying to show it to his friends, uh, it's kind of mistaken for a bit of a niche movie. Uh, and we're going to look at it from that 
perspective. I, I mean, I don't know if this is a summer blockbuster, but every time I show this movie to people, like it's like, which is kind of funny because you just saw this movie. Um, the kid stays in the picture. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like everybody that I try to, you know, try to watch that. I remember, like, this was like years ago. I was trying to get my friends to watch it, and they were like not into it. It's like, who cares about this Hollywood, you know, elite? I don't care. It's like, but it's it's an amazing story, you know. And it was just so like some like Robert Evans. He's like he he was the president of uh, Paramount Pictures for you know the was the seventies and eighties, and he made like uh, Love Story, um, The Godfather, uh, Mar- Marathon Man, and uh, he was just like one of the last few like the era of like the golden age of hollywood you know what i mean like just yeah. like they they came in drinking and smoking cigarettes everywhere and you know cocaine yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah just like he lived a pretty fantastic life man and like he just he has a like his voice is very like he's just a character he's like a straight up character like there's yeah. nobody ever going to be like another robert evans you know that's it's interesting you picked that one um I know that one was a well-reviewed movie. It was well-reviewed, but I'm, but I'm talking about, like, you know, I was trying to get my friends to watch yeah, it. And they're there's like, nah. this idea, like, especially if you're, like, not in film circles where you would look at a movie like that and go, well, I'm not interested in that. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. But I was kind of struck by how entertaining it was. Yeah. Pretty entertaining, dude. Like, it's very well-filmed. Um, th- just listening to this guy talk is just really exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what's interesting about that, what I love about it, like, you... You're, you look back on a movie like Chinatown. Mm. Uh, obviously, looking at it from today's context, you have a very problematic film director yep. who you really don't want to, like, talk up anymore. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he's kinda, he kind of did some things. Um, mm-hmm. Some very, very bad things. But you realize that it was Robert Evans who kind of made that movie happen. Absolutely. He's the one who backed it up, and that's like that's, that's the movie I'm gonna make, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, okay, he's the one who like also brought in Roman Polanski, but mm-hmm. like even in the movie, he's like saying, yeah, it's saying Roman Polanski's Chinatown, but that's because he directed it. But I was with this movie way longer than he was, so it's yeah. also my movie. Yeah, yeah, man, it's just uh, that that's like the kid stays in the picture. That's Hollywood history, you know? That's like. Any anybody who loves film or is going into the film industry, they should watch that movie just as a lesson, you know. Yeah. It's like how it is, you know, how it used to be, and probably, it's probably even worse now because, like, now global like was mega corporations own these studios, and now they're, you know, and that's why we're in the world that we are today with the Marvel movies. Yeah, and it's kind of cool watching him at work because he took all the risks. Yeah, like The Godfather. Like we think now, The Godfather is like one of the greatest movies ever. They didn't want to make The Godfather. Yeah, I know. I, I actually, you know, have the um, Paramount Plus. I don't know if you have that service, but they have this uh, show called The Offer, and it's the it's the story of how they made The Godfather. Yeah, and they have a character that you know, Michael Good. He plays the uh, Robert Evans character, and he does a really great job. Like he looks, like, he, he acts like him. Like that's him. Like it's, you should check it out, man. I think yeah. you'll love it. Yeah. Paramount Plus has had some pretty interesting things on there. They have the new Beavis and Butthead. So. Oh yeah, I saw that too. I saw I saw the original one, the original movie at the yeah. theater. Yeah, I also saw that one in theaters because I yeah. loved that show when I was a kid. Yeah, and it's like it's still the same. You know what I mean? It's still that dumb humor. Uh, it was called like Beavis and Butthead do the universe. It's still like it's still the boys didn't grow up. It's still like they're captivated in the the nineties. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. The kid stays in the picture is the name of the movie. Highly recommended. Yeah. Even if you're like not a film buff, this is like, it, it's it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, I think it. I think it probably got better during t- you know, as it grew older because I think the movie came out like in two thousand two, and um, so it's like twenty years old. So I mean, I just I think, I think the movie aged well. Yes, very much yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> All right. Um. It's been great having you on the show, Christian. Yeah, man, thanks for uh, letting, you know, come, letting me come on your show and talk about movies. It was a great conversation. So, yeah, as you mentioned before, I, I was on your podcast, the Casually Christian Podcast. Wow. Uh, that was, I had a lot of fun doing that, and it was a very good test run for mm-hmm. me doing podcasts. So, yeah. like, and I learned a lot doing that. And I'm, you I, did a great job, man. Like, you're, you. like your, your, your podcast, like, I've been listening to it. Like, wow, he's very, like smooth like you like you articulate pretty your your topics pretty well you know i wish i could say the same about me (laughs) oh no you do great you do great it's a good podcast uh if anyone wants to listen to that one you can find it on youtube 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, YouTube, Spotify, Casually Christian. Uh, we talk about uh, classic cinema versus modern cinema. Yeah. And it's just, you know, another movie topic uh, podcast. Any word on if it's going to be on, like, Apple or anything like that? Uh, not yet. We're just on Spotify at the moment. That's the major platform that we're on besides, you know, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and you, if you guys are on Facebook, too, just check us out, Casually Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Any other there. socials that you'd like to plug, or is that just the Facebook, the um, Facebook Well, yeah, sure, man. Like, I'm actually, um, you know, I'm going to self-publish some short stories by the end of the year, and if you guys want to follow my writing journey at the late hour, Stories for the Insomniac, I, you know, I greatly appreciate it, you know. Um, hopefully that'll, that'll lead me to quit my job. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, baby. It, you know, I, I need, I need, I, this is my ticket out of here, you know. <laughs> Nice. But yeah, those are, that's the only one. Uh, the eight hour stories for the insomniac. Ah, perfect. Well, thank you for being on the show. Uh, it was great having you. Uh, and for everyone listening, thank you so much for listening. I hope you were not just entertained, but somehow reborn together.